You're listening to the Marketing to Millions podcast, the only show to give you real, raw, behind-the-scenes tools and marketing strategies to create a thriving online coaching business. I'm your host, Liz Bohr, a girl who traded in her corporate climbing career to help ambitious thought leaders create a bigger impact using effective and intentional digital marketing strategies. Thanks for listening in. I'm so glad you're here. Now let's dive into today's show. Well, hey, Jenny, welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to have you back on the podcast. We originally chatted in episode 21 previously, all the way back almost a year ago now. So I'm really excited to reconnect and have our conversation. Um, Today, we're really going to be talking about how to create a profitable launch timeline for any product or service. Last time we talked all about emails. And so this time I'm excited to hear your opinions, um, what's worked and what hasn't from your point of view for launches. Because as we know, every, you know, a lot of people are gearing up for the fall launch season, which sometimes happens right after summertime. So this is perfect for us to connect and also to share your wisdom. Before, before we jump in with some questions. I want to really make sure that we're covering everything about launch timeline. So this is a process that you have been able to finesse and that you have had a lot of success in. So I'm excited to hear that. So why don't we just start by if you could just share what a profitable launch process is and why it has been so successful for you. Thanks so much, by the way. I'm so glad to be back on. I can't believe it was like a year ago or the, it feels like longer, but not also longer. I don't I even know. Like I have no concept of time for the past couple of years, but I think <laughs> that's quite normal considering how everything was going. Um, <laughs> so a profitable launch timeline consists of phases and you can break these phases down. And I'm always recommending that people, depending on how many launches you've done, the more launches you've done, the easier, more quickly you can get these phases completed the less launches you've done, the more time you need to allow for each phase, just until until you get the hang of it, right? So the first phase is going to be phase one, and that is the planning stage before you do anything. You know, this could be like Sunday afternoon where you have that insane thought of, I want to launch, I want to create something. And hopefully this is something that you're planning in advance. We do find that people sometimes go, I want to launch next week. And (laughs) that is not going to be built into what we would call a profitable launch structure, right? So yeah. Planning is key here. We really want to have the the planning set up and this is what phase one is. So phase one is all the planning. So that's going to be what assets do I currently need to make this happen? So will that be that, you know, I need to have a VA, I need to have, you know, do I need to update my website? Do I need to have a page builder? What things do I need to have in place to make that happen? That's going to be part of your planning. The other thing is that you're going to plan out basically the rest of the phases. You're going to figure out when you're actually going to launch, whatever that date is, and you're going to work your way backwards. So let's just say you're going to launch September the 1st, and that's when your cart opens. Well, how long is your cart going to be open? A lot of people actually screw this up and they only have their cart open for a very small period of time, and they Mm -hmm. really don't estimate well for what they actually need. So your cart should technically be open, in my opinion, uh, depending on the product, for up to a week, sometimes two depending on what it is and the price structure. If it's really like a, like a low end price, you can shorten that down. But for the higher cost stuff, I do recommend having a longer sort of cart open window. Mm-hmm. And again, we want to make sure that we don't sort of fake that FOMO. I totally, I don't know about you, but I'll get up on my high horse really quick about people who open their cart and then close the cart and then open the cart again. 
So mm-hmm. uh, I don't believe in doing that. I believe in, you know, if you open it, open it with authenticity and then close it with authenticity. Mm-hmm. So phase one, plan all that out, figure out your promo period, figure out what you're going to do. Phase two is starting to create all your assets for your launch. So that is your social media assets, any ad assets, any copy assets, sales page, whatever it's going to be, right? Figure that all out. And also during that time, you're also going to want to be engaging with your audience in a light, you know, interest creating kind of way, which I know you're really good at. I've seen you do it several times. <laughs> so this is where you're creating the engagement. <laughs> She's like, oh, me? Yeah, you. I've seen you do it. So that's just creating really authentic engagement. It's not the hard sell and bonking people over the head. It's just being really authentic. Like I've got something coming. I'm really excited about it. Or today, like, oh my gosh, guys, today I recorded like my sales video for my new sales page. I'm so excited. So it's talking about the thing, but but also not talking about the thing. So you're engaging the audience that you have. If you need to, you should also be looking at when you're actually going to build your audience. So if you need to add new leads into your email list or grow your social media before a launch, this is also a time to be looking at doing that. You can do that with a challenge, some webinars. You can do that with a summit, something along those lines. But if you haven't been consistent with your list, if you haven't been consistent growing your social media, if you haven't been consistent with engagement, this is where you're creating all of that, okay? And all those assets to go with it. Next phase is phase three. This is where you're actually getting ready. We call this like the pre, I call this the pre-launch launch. And this is where you are, you know, you've got your sales page probably done in place, right? Testing it, things like that. Your whatever list build that you've decided to create is happening. It's in, it's ongoing. You know, the challenge is happening. The webinars are happening or the summit is, is happening, right? And you're actively in the pre-launch launch. So you're building your list. You're connecting with people. This is where I would recommend that you're hopefully getting on people's podcasts. So the podcast hopefully comes out during your actual launch time, which I highly recommend. Podcasts are awesome vehicles. Ask me how I know, right? I'm on one. <laughs> I have one. Like they're, it's quite meta, guys. It's very, but it works. So having, a, you know, getting those appearances is super good too. So that's your, that's your pre-launch launch. Then we get to our phase four, which is actually the launch itself. It's when the cart opens. So this is mm-hmm. when you are actively selling, actively engaging, getting those sales calls if you need to have a sales call or you know doing your live streams and also leveraging if you have an affiliate base, which as you build up your business, having some affiliates is always a wonderful opportunity. This is where you're actively engaging with your affiliates to get them to promote so that they're, you know, sharing and talking about your program, product, or service, so you can get more eyeballs on it. Cart is open. We're, we're, act- we're actively promoting. Your cart's eventually going to close. When that cart actually closes, we actually go into our next phase, which is phase five. Phase five is usually what I would call the post-launch launch. <laughs> and <laughs> this is where we do Thanks. three things. <laughs> Sorry, I meant to giggle. We are <laughs> post-launch launch. Our pre-launch launch and our post-launch launch. I love alliteration and silly words. So in our post-launch launch, we're going to celebrate our wins. I don't care if you sold one spot in your group coaching program. You sold a spot. I don't, it doesn't matter, right? So this is where we celebrate our wins, whatever those wins are, however we did it. Like if, if launching was terribly difficult for you, if you were struggling to do it, uh, one of my clients, literally, she gave birth and we went into launch mode when her brand new first baby was almost not even four weeks old. What? So I wow. know. So we did all, we did phase one, two, three while she was pregnant. <laughs> and then she gave birth in November. We took off November. She gave birth late November. We took off all of December. And then basically January 4th, 
it was like, we're in launch mode. Wow. So, yeah, where we called baby crazy stuff. And then our celebration week, we celebrated that. But at the same time, she said, never, ever again. Don't ever do that. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> ever. And because I couldn't believe she wanted to do that. I'm like, are you sure? Yeah. She's like, yeah, man, it's just pregnancy. It's not, you know, like, I, like, and I'm like, are, are, are you sure? But mm-hmm. she was, you know, that was her thing. She was sure until she, was she sure. wasn't. Until she wasn't anymore. Uh, <laughs> So we we celebrate those wins. We also look for our opportunities and we look at the ways that we can improve. Because if you've launched once, the issue that happens, and a lot of people do this, is they actually go, oh my God, that was terribly difficult. It was so hard. It was so tiring. It was so this or that. And then they never do it again until they have another big, great idea. And then they try launching something different instead of improving on the thing they actually just did. Mm-hmm. Right? So that the is the biggest, the biggest nugget that, you know, if... if if you tuned us out or if you are multitasking, that is exactly. the one thing I would say to come back to because we are always trying to strive for the next best thing, right? Especially as entrepreneurs, we're trying to make it all work. And we're sometimes, we sometimes get bogged down by, okay, we're going to put all this time and effort into this thing and it better work and it will work. And if it doesn't, well, then that, that probably was a bad idea. Instead of what you just said is refining, optimizing, looking for opportunities for next time, honing in on what did work, fixing what didn't work or didn't feel good to you and trying again. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the biggest lesson that, you know, so far, the biggest <laughs> takeaway. No, it's, it's literally the biggest thing that we can talk about. Yeah. And I actually have some quick case studies that I can share that mm-hmm. are going to make the, that are really going to drive this home. Yeah. So case study number one is one of my clients. She is an influencer on TikTok. They call them content creators now, not influencers, as people know. So she's mm-hmm. a content creator on TikTok. She's one of these people that gets asked to speak on stages. She's on Canadian uh, morning television occasionally to talk about things. Really smart, awesome person. So we did a summit with, not a summit, sorry. We did a five-day challenge together, probably, uh, I think it was April of 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was April of 2021. Okay. It was it was her first ever challenge. She had no idea what to expect. She'd never done it before. She'd never done a launch like this before, mm-hmm. ever, ever. So it was like a big deal. So the whole goal was to try and get her list, you know, to build her list, basically, so she could sell her programs and, and her products. She has all these courses. Mm-hmm. So with the five-day challenge, we hit our goal. We doubled her list, okay, which is a big deal. It doesn't matter what your size of a list. I don't care if you have 50 people on your list. If you double your list, woohoo, congrats. You just like doubled yeah. your list. It's a 100% increase. Yeah. So she increased her list. She also sold a whole bunch of VIPs because on a five-day challenge, you can sell VIP, mm-hmm. like a, you know, a bundle or something. She decided to do it again, and we launched it again in May of this year. This time, however, there was another TikTok content creator who was launching a challenge at the exact same time. It was like this mm-hmm. woman knew what we were doing. Wow. We don't know how. So we had a bit of an audience pull, okay, because mm-hmm. this person was pretty much doing the same thing that we were. We don't know how she knew it's besides this, you know, it's besides this fact. So we didn't get as many registrations, but we tripled the amount of VIPs by making some incremental changes that we had learned from the first challenge together. Mm-hmm. So smart. So we actually, yeah. So we actually made more money. We actually mm-hmm. made three times more money off of our VIPs. And we sold three times, we sold actually, I'm uh, sorry, 80% more courses off the back end than we had the year before. Wow. Incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. So it's just these incremental little changes by running it twice. Now this, you know, she took some convincing to run it twice. She's now talking about running it for the third time because now she sees. Yeah. Right. One of the mm-hmm. experts on my upcoming summit, which you are a featured speaker on, which I'm so excited about. Yeah, we're so excited too. 
Oh yeah, you're, and I mean, you're amazing. I'm so happy that you're doing this with me. So thank you for being part of my community. There's a gentleman on there as well who's on the summit. He's run his online challenge 18 times. And every time he makes an incremental change that will help build this faster, quicker, better, stronger, all those things. Mm -hmm. And his first challenge, I think he told me it made him like four or five grand. The last challenge he did, the 18th one, 267,000. Amazing. So there's these incremental changes. This is the thing that we want to drive home. When you're doing a launch, just don't do it once. Do Mm -hmm. it, find the problems, fix them, redo the launch. You'll always do better. And I think it's important to note too, obviously all of those results are incredible. And I'm sure you have a portfolio full of amazing case studies just like those two. But I think the important thing to note here is that phase five of the phases that you just walked us through, the post-launch launch, right? Evaluating what worked, what didn't, how we felt, how we, what we found, what we discovered, what worked, what didn't, really analyzing the entire process, all of those phases and the the launch itself, like the open and closed cart actual week. But it's important also to evaluate like what we did leading up to that week. But if we aren't including that phase, the post-launch launch phase or phase five or debrief or whatever you want to call it. You can give it a better name. I give it silly names. (laughs) No, I love it. But if you're not taking the time to look at those things, even if you are a solopreneur and you're trying to do this all on your own, if you don't have a team helping you, just simply sitting down, you know, I think one of the the things that I did when I was launching my very first program, I didn't really have a team helping me. I literally just was writing down the stats of, okay, what, how many people did I have register? How many people were engaged? How many people were on my hot list, how many people, how many sales did I make? Just those simple stats and then kind of going through, okay, what do I want to do for next time? You know, Mm -hmm. did this work? Didn't this work? But on that note, I do have a question because a lot of times there's going to be maybe a few things that we feel didn't work. So how do we pick and choose what to change or what's your recommendation for making those small tweaks as we look to evaluate what we just did and then move forward for next time? That's an excellent question. And there's no hard and fast rule except to say you shouldn't change too many things all at once, (laughs) lest you don't have the data to prove that your changes had a positive effect. (laughs) So there's a whole, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing. (laughs) So if your opt-in page performed optimally, meaning it converted at over 35%, which is my, that this is for a landing page, like a a uh, list building page, okay, challenge, (laughs) webinar, summit, et cetera. If it didn't convert it over 35%, then I would look at ways to optimize my landing page. If my sales page didn't convert, or if I didn't convert my offer between 2.5% or higher, then I would look at my sales process. Where's the breakdown? Did I not connect more emotionally? Did I list out all the benefits of the program or the product, but not the emotional outcomes that they would receive? Because we buy with emotion and we justify it with logic. So that's a thing to look at. And you should look at updating that. But if you're looking at things like, oh, I should do a better, I should do a better opt-in video, even though your opt-in page converted really, really well. Yeah. If your hairstyles changed or something's different, <laughs> sure, go ahead and update it. But if it sticks and it worked, don't, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Don't change things like, you know, don't change a funnel just for the sake of changing a funnel mm-hmm. because those things won't help you in the long run. Additionally, mm-hmm. the little things that would work. Here's an example. So noticing that in your post-launch launch, 
when you go through your debrief that you completely checked out of being online because you were so tired after your launch that you just like wanted to sit on your deck and read mm-hmm. a, you know, a good juicy romance novel and not do anything. That's an opportunity because I would say never do that. I would say in your post-launch launch, you should be networking. And if you aren't networking, then you're not taking advantage of the hot leads that you just developed in your pre-launch launch (laughs) where you're engaging with everybody. Mm -hmm. You're not really developing those leads. So that's an opportunity. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense um, because especially if we are feeling exhausted after the launch period, not only is that, you know, a learning something that we want to put in our learning column of maybe we Mm -hmm. don't want to feel like this. What can we do so that we don't feel like this next time? But also, I love the point that you made about you just developed all of these hot leads, even if they didn't purchase from you. Mm -hmm. And now you're kind of ghosting them by checking out the day after Kurt closes. So I love that you, you know, brought that point up and reminded us that, sure, they might not have purchased think the latest stat that I saw is like, you know, 90% of people aren't going to purchase from you that just learned about your offer or just became um, aware of you as a brand. But maybe next time they would be wanting Mm -hmm. to purchase from you. But we just ghosted them and kind of checked out and marked them off our list because they did not purchase right then and there. Mm -hmm. And that could turn them away potentially. Absolutely. And this is where in your learning column... This is where you would note down, hey, what I should probably do is a live stream after my cart closes and everything's said and done, talking about what I learned and talking about my experience and, you know, how I'm looking forward to helping and supporting my brand new, whatever, my clients, my customers, et cetera. Also giving people a way to continue to consume content with you because when the launch is over, one of the worst things that you can do is to go completely silent, Right. Because you've been during the, you know, during phase one, all through phase five, you're building up all of this engagement. If you go dark right away and you just like at all, actually not even right away, but at all, then you're what you're allowing is the space for them to then turn to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So if you create a vacuum space, somebody will fill it and it won't be you. And to get people back is going to be much harder than it was to have gotten them the first time. So you have to keep their interest. It's not hard. It's with consistency. You should have been building that consistency while you were through, you know, phase one all through phase five anyway. So it's not hard to say when I was in, you know, when I was in like full launch mode, I was doing a live stream every single day. Now I only have to do one three times a week. Yeah, that's nothing. I got that. I can do that from my deck while I'm reading my spicy romance novel with my glass of lemonade. Ask me how I know. Been there. (laughs) So like, what can you do, right? So that's an opportunity. And the other thing that I would recommend that people do is the things, and we were talking about changes. And after after we stopped talking for a minute and you were, you know, you were talking for a minute, I had this idea. And mm-hmm. I forgot to mention that the things that we can improve, improve your automation, improve mm-hmm. your delegation, right? So improve the people that you work with. Where were the mm-hmm. missings and fallouts there? Improve your, de- you know, improve the automation of things. Could you have automated this email? Could you have automated that process? It'll make launching so much easier the next time. Could you have done a couple more graphics, made them prettier, outsourced that, you know, maybe you shouldn't have made your own Canva graphics. Maybe somebody else should have made those Canva graphics, that kind of thing. So you're looking at those incremental processes, which is going to be a lot better and have a better effect mm-hmm. than some of the other stuff. You know, maybe the funnel doesn't need to be touched. 
maybe it's mm-hmm. these processes. So that's just this thought that came to mind while we were talking. Yeah, I actually love that you brought that up because something that I love doing for uh, my clients that are helping them through launch processes when they're launching for the second or third time that we're working together, I love being able to add additional emails or processes to their automation that we didn't the first time. Because the first time, maybe that's a a baseline. Maybe we're just setting the foundation for this launch to bring this offer to market. And we need some wiggle room to be able to learn and grow within that funnel. And so I love that you brought that up because I think that's really important, not feeling like we have to dump the entire kitchen sink and leave no room for growth within our funnel. Maybe we need to add a few emails here and there. Maybe we're getting some feedback on, you know, questions that people had and boom, we can use that for an additional email that we can add into our funnel where we might have felt some space or a gap um, where there was before. Absolutely. And so don't overcome objections. That. I think that yes. would be, Liz, that's a phenomenal idea. I love that idea. You're right. You and I are totally in tune with that. And don't think that, you know, if you can't do all the things that we've been talking about today, it doesn't mean that you're a failure in your launch. Right. Your first launch might be quite other, you know, for lack of a better word, truncated. It might be smaller. Mm-hmm. Your your five phases might be shorter, you know, mm-hmm. than a bigger launch. Don't look at somebody else like the big people who, by the way, have been perfecting this for a while and think you've got to be like them. Their first launch, by the way, it was a hot mess. I guarantee it was a hot mess. (laughs) And your first launch is going to be a hot mess. And so will you. And that's okay. Embrace the suck. Get her done. All that great stuff. I call it suck it up buttercup. Whatever phrase you got to say to motivate yourself to do it, do that. And then you can improve upon it later. Let's just get done is better than perfect, as they say. Let's get it done. Let's look at the opportunities and let's improve from there. Because you're, if you wait until you have everything perfect and you're like, oh, Jenny said there was five phases and I got to perfect these five phases, you're never going to launch, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like I, we were talking earlier about my summit. My summit's coming up. Do you think I have it perfect? By the way, I have created and produced 350 summits. Do you think I have it perfect? No. I mean, <laughs> I've got it pretty much down pat. I can do it with my eyes shut. Mm-hmm. But there are things that come up and, and that I'm not completely perfect on it every time I do when I improve. There's right. always an opportunity. So if I can leave people with that, that's what I would say. Yeah, amazing. As we think about those five phases too, where would you say the, if we could only pick, you know, obviously each of, each of the steps in all of the phases is so crucially important. So I, I don't want to say one is better than the other, but if Mm. we had to pick, you know, the, the stage or the phase that might be crucially important to never, ever, 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 ever skip. Would you be able to pick one? Absolutely. Stage one, planning, (laughs) planning, 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 and all the planning. Yeah. Like Mm. literally get that tattooed on your arm. It is the most important thing. If you, if you, if you don't plan, you plan to fail. I know there's a phrase, I'm probably not saying it properly, but the planning is going to be the thing that's going to assist you in being able to um, succeed. And if there was a second one that I could choose, it would be the the last one. It would be the review, the debrief, mm-hmm. the networking and things like that. So plan it and then also follow up with it, making sure that you like review and look for those great opportunities. I do my debriefs uh, within seven days. It's my rule of thumb, seven days. Usually I give myself a couple of days before I debrief, even though, because I'm going to have strong feelings. Like this went well, mm-hmm. this didn't go well, this, that. Fine, write it down, but don't do your full debrief until you've had some time to think about it and and then go from there. But the planning stage is the most key thing ever, because if you don't plan, you're going to lose 
you know, you're going to lose train of thought, you're going to forget something. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm launching tomorrow (laughs) and I did not set up my affiliate system. Shocker. Yikes. (laughs) Right? And I mean, I've seen it happen. So there's there's things like that that happen. And and that's just because you didn't put in the time to plan. Mm -hmm. Or or back it into our our schedule, right? Yeah. Making sure that we have enough space and we're not trying to burn ourselves out by launching uh, something that we just came up with today, tomorrow. Yeah. Or like some like one of my clients from probably about five years ago, she hired me to do a summit and then she told me, oh, by the way, my daughter's getting married two weeks before the mm-hmm. summit launches. And then, you know, to say, oh, I have to fly out to because she lived in I think she lived in Maryland. And her daughter lived in California. She's like, oh, I'm flying out four weeks before the wedding to help my daughter. We've got a bridal mm-hmm. shower. We've got this. We've got that. I mean, all this stuff with a wedding, right? Because it's mm-hmm. her daughter. So she was checked out for four weeks leading up to her summit. I was like, oh my, this is not good. Like, had I known, had we known, had we talked about this, had you told me, we would not be doing the summit right now. We actually had to move the date. Yeah. So we had to move the whole thing. Because, and that's such a crucial thing in planning. So look at what's happening in your Mm -hmm. life. You may want to launch your such and such, but I just had a client just before our call and, uh, you know, us recording, I was talking to a gentleman who is a rabbi and he wants to launch a summit, which is cool. He, his whole thing is he helps men who are struggling with addiction and he helps mm. them with that. Cool. I am personally not Jewish. He is. I said, what do I need to know to support you? What what areas of the calendar we need to look at? Well, he's like, well, we need to skip, you know, this high holiday, this high holiday and this high holiday. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. we need to work around these three things because he's a rabbi. He's going to be involved in these things, right? Sure. So those are the kinds of things you need to look at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because even if we are, you know, you and I are both supporting people that are the host of these programs. So we're not the face of the marketing materials, the promotional materials. But a lot of times, I don't know if this is the same for you, but a lot of times when you are delegating or you're outsourcing the support of your launch, sometimes I have clients that forget that they still have to be checked in, even though we're setting up all these automations, we're setting up these sales funnels to support them and help them to create a a larger impact, expand their audience, you know, generate more income that they than they might have been able to do on their own and make it easier and more fun. But they still have to, you know, show up on social, do the live streams if that's what we're planning, be present during that time. Because as you and I both know, and most people listening know that we're we're selling and buying based on the person. We're building trust for that client, for for that person. And we're buying the programs from them as individuals, not necessarily or or a brand or a company, not necessarily the funnel that we got placed into, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You're so right. You're so on the money with that. And there's so much to consider when we look at that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and there's there's work involved. And I think that's one of the things that when it comes to there, I mean, we were talking about perfect launch plans. There is no perfect launch plan, mm-hmm. but the, the best launch plan is the plan that fits your life and fits your business and that you take the time. And sometimes those phases or stages we talked about, they're not a week, they're three weeks, they're four weeks. They're, you know, you've got to sort of massage and see how these things all kind of work out. And as the client, if you're on the client facing side, you also have to understand that the people that you're working with, like Liz, like me, we are gosh darn good at our stuff. Okay. We're really good. I was going to use another word, but we're being G rated. It was, (laughs) you know, we're really good at what we do. We produce things that are close to 
almost saying I'm going to say the miracle word, but they're not miracles. We can't do it all. We can get our clients super close to the finish line, but then they have to engage, do the thing, do the work, put in the time, have as much passion about it. I mean, one of the one of the worst things is trying to launch with somebody who doesn't have the passion that you do for their product to try and get them through it. So there's a lot there's a lot there. You really have to have that engagement and that that passion for what you're doing. It has to show in your promo and your connection and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. mindset is massive in a launch. You're going to hit resistance at several different points. If you struggle with team, you know, if you struggle with being a good leader and you have a team, you're going to you're going to find that you're going to have pushback from yourself at certain, well, I don't know if I can ask Maria to do that, or I don't feel comfortable. Well, that means if you don't ask Maria to do that, it's going to be on your shoulders. Are you prepared to do the work involved to finish that process? Are you going to resent that? Right. So there's a whole bunch of mindset work to launching. I find that every time I launch, I expand. I mean, if, if Jenny Wright from right now can go back to Jenny Wright in just November, 2019, I would be, I would be like, I would be loud clapping in her face, get your crap together, right? <laughs> and like change the way you're approaching your business. Like I would literally do the clap thing in her face and be like, you need to look at this because every launch you learn, every launch you, def- you know, you evolve and change and you come out stronger, better, all those different kinds of things. And I think it's just important to understand what your providers like you and I can do and then where you need to, as a host, come in and, and really push for it. Because in the end, you're the owner of it. Mm-hmm. Sorry yeah, I really for my little tangent. That. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I, uh, normally, at the beginning of the day, I start by picking an affirmation out. And today's affirmation, the day that we're recording this, is all about growth. And the affirmation actually was, growth and success are inevitable outcomes of my work. So everything that you just said speaks so directly to that affirmation that it just gives me chills that those two things aligned. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. What a great affirmation. I love the day. I love the idea of starting your day with an affirmation. That's so cool. Yeah. Kind of like sets the scene and sets the day. Like I had, I don't know about you, but if you struggle, a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with depression, anxiety, neurodiversity, things like that. Like last night, I did not sleep well. I had a, it was a whole thing. Nightmares, construction happening across the street. They decided they would start a jackhammer at six o'clock in the morning. Oh. The, it was, it was a lovely, it was a lovely time. That's a good that time for a jackhammer. Up. 6 a.m. Right? <laughs> it messes me up. So lack of sleep messes me up. I'm one of those people, like mm-hmm. I need my seven hours or you don't want to be around me. Mm-hmm. Um, and today I was like, I have a lack of sleep. I really don't want to be a B word. I want to be a nice person today. How am I going to make that happen for the people around me? Because I had mm-hmm. this podcast, I had an interview, I had this and that. How can I make sure it's, I'm, I make everybody else's day not be a uh, result of my bad morning kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And I think affirmations are a wonderful way to start that. I decided to start my day with crepes. I made myself crepes. Ooh, that sounds delicious. It was with bananas and cinnamon, Ooh. a little bit of like a I'm little vanilla. Come to your sauce. house next time you you haven't slept. <laughs> <laughs> Come on over. That's, but that's my, that's my thing. That's my mm-hmm. make my day better is to make something decadent for myself. Delicious. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. And we've got enough topic, but it was fun. <laughs> no, I love that. Breakfast is one of my favorite meals of the day. So <laughs> me too. <laughs> okay. So as we wrap up, I want to talk about summits because I know you have like, some exciting things coming up. And I know that we talked a little bit about it. So for for those people just kind of like bringing everything to 
um, wrapping it all in a nice, pretty pink bow, helping us <laughs> understand, okay, if we are preparing for our next first or next launch and we want to start, you know, we're, we're, we checked off the planning phase. We've checked off creating phase. Now we're in the pre-launch launch phase and we want to start building our list. We want to start engaging with our audience in a more meaningful way. Um, I know you've had a lot of success doing this and you have some exciting things coming. So can you share a little bit about that with us? Absolutely. And thanks for asking. So you being a featured expert, I have a summit coming up and it's an online event. It's completely free. It's called Grow and Profit Online and it's called Your New Launch Formula. So we're going to be diving in. We've got three days. We've got 20 experts. We're going to be diving into the new launch formula, the formula that actually works, not the hypey, bro-y, whatever stuff that's out there, but the stuff that actually works from experts who are doing it. So not somebody who did a launch once and, and said they're just a pseudo expert. These are people that have been launching, have been working on launches for a long time, just like yourself with success with their clients and they've done it themselves and they're actually putting it out there. So that's happening. It's Grown Profit Online, your new launch formula. It actually launches on July 19th uh, and registration is completely free. There's some really good goodies inside for people to check out as well. And I promise that you're going to get more than you expect. Amazing. So we'll put the link to the registration in the show notes because... As you're listening to this episode, you will be able to actively register for this event. And if you want to have a deeper dive into summits and how Jenny has used it in her business to exponentially grow and scale, episode 21 is a good one to check out. We went into a lot of the deep like list building strategies using challenges, using summits. Um, and then what's really cool is you could actually experience what that feels like the Jenny way by joining us in in that summit starting July 19th. So I always love to be able to experience people's funnels and how they're actively, you know, promoting and building their lists. And this is a great way to experience that live and see um, how it feels for you as a business owner might be something that you could be interested in for your own business for launching your own program. Um, and this is a great way to experience that live. So definitely check out that link in the show notes. We'll also include all of Jenny's information. So if you want to connect with her personally or just follow her on social media, she always shares so many meaningful tips and strategies. So we will put those in the show notes as well for you. Thank you. Of course, Jenny, thank you again for sharing your knowledge, your expertise, and all of your intimate lessons learned with us today. I can't wait for our summit together. I'm so, so excited. And again, show notes will be the perfect link for perfect place for you to check out that registration. And um, we hope to see you there. Absolutely. Thanks so much again. I really appreciate it. Hey there. What did you think of that episode? If you enjoyed it, here are a few free ways to help support the show. First, you can hit the follow button so you never miss a new episode or any bonus episodes that I create for timely advice. Secondly, if you screenshot the episode you're listening to and tag me on Instagram at lizboar underscore com, you'll be entered to win a special prize and the prices are really good. And lastly, reviews are one of the best ways to provide social proof 
to others that this show is worth a listen. Plus, it gives me an idea of the content that is most helpful to you. Feel free to include your podcast or Instagram name. I'll give you a shout out during a future episode for more exposure to you and your brand. A huge, huge thank you in advance.